I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. Record our episodes live at Allspace every week, and you can join us for free, even if you don't have a VR headset. Yes, it's true. Just log into Allspace from your laptop or PC, join our event, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we are talking to someone who is recognized as one of the 100 original voices at XR. This renowned mixed reality designer has conjured up an inappropriate amount of worlds, games, events, <laughs> 360 narratives, and live VR theatrical performances. Will give us her insights and then at the end of the interview, teleport us to her latest project, a seven story tower of sci fi and fantasy portals. Ladies and gentlemen, please give Margin or Mamochi welcome for Rebecca Evans. <laughs> and I've got to get everyone. Hey, everybody. <laughs> well, you know, it's great to have you here, uh, Rebecca. We have so much to talk about. Um, it, it was, I, I'm just overwhelmed getting ready for this episode. It, it was like a mountain of, <laughs> a mountain of, of, of data and projects and everything that you're involved in. Uh, so we're going to dive into a little bit of that and, and how you got into all this. But thank you for being here. Thank you so much, everyone. Johnny has worked really hard the last couple of days. <laughs> so I appreciate we it. Amazing to be here, and it's great to see familiar faces today, and um, many people who, whose work I will probably be mentioning. So, yeah. very cool, yeah. And so, if anyone wanted to uh, comment or raise your hand, whatever, just let us know. Use the raise hand option, and uh, we will take those questions. Uh, in the meantime, we'll dive right in here because, like I said, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, so we're going to start all the way back. Uh, I believe that you have been involved in mixed reality and interactive narratives for over 30 years. Is that possible? Is that, is that true? <laughs> I'm not sure if, if mixed reality, as we uh, tend to describe it, would count. But if I went back to... And I really started doing interactive performances and um, really trying to engage, you know, people from beyond sort of a, a traditional proscenium theater space. Uh, that's about that's about when it started for me was, in, you know, around the mid early mid 90s. And wow. um, from, you know, from then on, it's it's been a, a wonderful exploration of all the different types of mediums that are available to us if we're lucky enough to, you know, have the, the facilities and or the, the creativity and the gumption. So I just like to create different things and they may or may not be, you know, perfect. Um, I'm, I'm sort of a workshop and a lab type. And, you know, mm -hmm. then it's fun to enjoy things or build off of the work of others and create together. Cool. Well, we're going to get into, you know, your techniques and, and what you've learned about interactive narrative, because I do believe that that is the future. I do believe that uh, my, you know, nieces and nephews who are just, you know, growing up now, they're going to be bored if they have to sit in front of a TV and not interact with it. And characters on the screen aren't talking their name. And so I really do believe this is the future. So I think you've been very prescient and you've been ahead of the curve all this time to sort of be involved in that. So. Let's take it all the way back. Uh, so how did you first get interested in interactive narratives? And then how did this progress into the virtual world? 
Sure. So like a lot of people, I have a background in community theater and improv that's stretched a long ways and various kinds of performance. Um, one of the things as I move throughout my professional life is I, I look to see how people experience, I call, you know, places and products. And so that went anywhere from, you know, working on geeky semiconductor technical manuals and thinking about how will an engineer install this software and how can we make it a little bit easier for them uh, to moving into, you know, even some marketing based things. But I also wanted to see how going from software and sort of microscopic things to how how does physical space work and how do people interact with it? So, you know, of course, theater is one, um, but I also went for a little while and worked in an architecture firm and worked for the American Institute of Architects. And it was fascinating to see how to be around, you know, licensed architects and to be part of their work. Um, I utilized user experience practices to help with what they call programming for a building. So we worked on a hospital and it was really amazing. And so that to me, um, you know, led to just further explorations of how tools, whether it's apps or online information can help people move throughout their environment. And of course that extrapolates into a 3D space or what we would call a virtual space. So I've been having just a wonderful time as so many people here in Altspace have been having, you know, over the years, Altspace has been around and then even more so in the past couple of years as, as our tools have increased, um, you know, different ways of exploring all those things. And I've found that for me, my, my style, um, I really, I like a variety of things, but it's been very fun to kind of look at places I've visited physically and then do some recreation of them in my own way. And that's completely not new. I'm just saying that it's something that I've really enjoyed and then bringing people back to a space or having them experience it for the first time. Uh, and then acknowledging what changes you may have made in order to accommodate this different setting. So it's, that's something I've really enjoyed playing with a lot. Got it. Yeah, I've, I'm looking at your sort of uh, your resume. You, were, you way back in 1998, you were involved in interactive sculpture, which is kind of what you're talking about. These art pieces. Then you you were involved in Burning Man Transmedia Project back in 2013, which before the metaverse was even a thing we were talking about, and virtual reality was just a, a, a figment of uh, Lucky Palmer's you know uh, imagination in his garage in the in the Orange County or something. So um, right how that evil. How did that evolve back then? So you were you you got involved in a, a lot of this artwork early on and in, in, in Treen's media early on. Yeah, thank you. I was lucky enough to, you know, be able to go to Burning Man in my first year was 1996 and met a lot of wonderful community there and you know, just enjoyed experiencing the art and also as I talked about the civic nature of this environment. And so my husband here in the front row, I actually met him there. <laughs> so these oh, things wow. happen. <laughs> and, um, nice. you know, in different ways, we were involved with, um, with facets of Burning Man, like with the media and making sure that media who came to the event were uh, not trying to distance themselves as, as individuals from what everyone's experiencing and trying to become part of that experience if they could. So that was a really fun practice of kind of bringing people into this unique environment. And it's so much like virtual reality, right? We'll do some questions in a little bit. Thank you. 
So, so bringing people in as, um, you know, Elena Beth here has done in VR and Wookie Picard has brought so many people into the space, you know, that it, really will change people how interact, you know, with each other and build a community. So that's something I think that's kind of, it's really clear that happens both in alt space and in a lot of these other social VR platforms. So anyways, um, in 1998, I did a sculpture for at Burning Man and it was a large interactive um, piece. I had sort of a, a back then, you know, right? GeoCities. Who remembers GeoCities? I had a GeoCities website for my sculpture and some volunteers. And we had kind of a storyline behind it and had a performance out on the playa and had a burn time. And there it was. Um, it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed that. And so, anyways, um, you don't necessarily go all the time, but in 2013, I did have an opportunity to work um, with Lisa Hoffman, who's the, the map designer for, I think, over 15 years. So you, any of you who have been have definitely seen her work and the beautiful maps that come out every year. And so that was up till just a few years ago. So she had the opportunity. She said, hey, why don't we like do something engaging with the map of the city? And great. So we had a small team and we pulled together a transmedia project that embedded a little game into the map of the city that everyone got at the gate. But then on top of that, I wanted to make sure that people who weren't necessarily on the physical playa at Burning Man could still participate because to me, that's kind of the point. And so I created another piece that went with it that anyone could play at home and it fostered interactivity. So I really enjoyed that project and it was fun just to say, Hey, we're going to use the whole city as the playground. And it, extended back beyond to people that are quote unquote at home. Let's see some of the pictures here. So uh, this must have been in the last few years. This was definitely not 2013 because I see you've got your beautiful uh, old space avatar. <laughs> and then next to that is juxtaposed a, a real life version. Right. of. So yeah. maybe you could tell us a little bit about your experiences uh, with Burning Man in old space. Sure. So like a lot of people, there was a big uplift in alt space when in 2020, alt space was host to sort of one of the many uh, you know, multiverses that were part of Burning Man being online those couple of years. And so, again, I had this old community. I really wanted to pull people together. And, you know, every year they, for over 20 years, they've had a cocktail party on Thursday at Burning Man. I said, let's do that again. You know, we shouldn't didn't take a year off. So we got to do some amazing stuff that year. And I built a whole bunch of worlds to sort of recreate that, that Brigadoon like physical space, you know, of community that had been together physically for so many years and to make that feel like home. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so this particular experience here is an installation called the office. And so the wooden, it's a small office, but what you see behind me, that's the orange with the shutters. It's been put up on the playa by some friends for uh, ten, at least 10 years, maybe 15. And so, of course, they couldn't put it up that year in 2020 on the in the desert. But they had a very small gathering like, with 10 people and we put th put this up on the lot. And so they were live streaming um, from alt space there. And then at the same time on the left, those of you who recognize the alt space template worlds, so I created something there. We call it the office. And then, you know, I got to introduce people through Burning Man to that to that facet. And then also we went and took a photo. And so then I went back in 
on space while they were burning the man took the photo. Anyways, it was my attempt to be meta and meta. Um, but it's just, it's goofy. It's goofy, but I had a really good time doing it. So, and it's again, that cross cross of things. They're going to be doing more of that this year um, at Burning Man and then here in Altspace. So it should be exciting. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I love that they're the crossing of realities and all that kind of stuff. Really cool. And so you said you met your husband. Did you, you said you meet him at at Burning Man or you met him? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, we got some, we got some. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I was, I was mentioning before the show, I love that these guys live in the same house and they're in separate rooms uh, in order to put on their VR headsets in order to meet in the metaverse here. So we're happy to have you both uh, <laughs> meeting in Avatar form. Um, all right, so we've got uh, a number of different interactive projects here. So this one's kind of interesting. This one's called Oh Ship. Uh, and I recognize some faces on here. Um, you did this with some of our our. our our previous guests, Kaz and Christy, who both were guests on here and are also the ones who created this uh, fabulous world you see before you. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about this and how the interactive narrative ties into that. Sure. So that was part of the Oculus Game Jam. And basically, at, at the time, Oculus, now Meta, uh, had a, a, a month-long hackathon to create a game utilizing uh, that was going to potentially launch on the store or could launch on the store. And so our group came together uh, from, if you know Marshmallow here in Altspace, Oded. Uh, so he brought the group together with, it was about 10 people. We had a bunch of folks in Israel and then here in the United States in multiple time zones. So it was a lot of fun. And as you know, hackathons are a little crazy. We had such a great time. And, and partly what came through with that group was, uh, again, the concept that not everyone wants to wear a headset, even a lot of us here today probably have uh, Altspace installed on a computer and may not want to wear a headset all the time. So we really wanted to take that into account with people playing a game. And it was a lot like uh, Keep Talking and No One Explodes, a really popular model. <clears throat> but this one was even more to the more involved in the gameplay where the people that were sort of sitting on the couch at home could see uh, above the map of a spaceship and they would have to tell the player in VR where to go to help them avoid the bad guys or help them get through the spaceship. So it was a really fun collaborative game. We had a great time. Um, And Cos and Christy, of course, uh, this world we're in right now is thanks to Christy. And Cos and Christy have gone on to do amazing work and... uh, Please watch their episodes as well. <laughs> absolutely. We'll put a link in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And this, I think this trailer uh, is, is really great. And it shows sort of the interactivity because you've got this sort of live, live version of each other on the side. And then you've got the whole game uh, in the middle there. Um, all right. So then we've got another one here. Uh, this one's very interesting. I'm yeah. assuming para is for paranormal or para. para activity or something like that. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about this one and your involvement on that. Sure. So who would have thought that doing a game trailer in character for a VR game would then lead you to acting in a VR show? Did. (laughs) So literally within a few weeks of wrapping up uh, the game jam, I had an opportunity to be cast in a show by the Ferryman Collective as many of you know, they've done wonderful shows in virtual reality. Their shows are based uh, to this to the 
moment in VR chat. And uh, they've won multiple awards for um, Welcome to Respite to the Severance Theory. And uh, Gumball Dreams is their newest show. It's amazing. So I had a chance to work with them in their first, this is actually their first show, Para, and it came together really quickly. It was a Halloween-themed horror show. And I played, it was um, kind of like a futuristic showroom for AI assistance, but embodied uh, cyborg type of AI assistance. And so the concept was that the audience were folks coming into the showroom to check out the very latest of fancy equipment. And then things kind of go a little wrong. And so uh, my role was up front in helping to onboard people and then also um, kind of sussing them out and getting them in the zone of the show. So being a little bit on the edgy, a little bit scary side. And so what I did and enjoyed and it was also very strange is uh we would get the lists of people in the show and i'd see either an email and figure out a name or you know it's not a huge community right now so with, with a <laughs> with a small enough audience i could at least find a couple people who i might be able to recognize or look up their name and then find out their work so you would have about 30 seconds to a minute to do that and as people were coming in and i'd greet them i would work it into my patter and so i'd reference Know, past works of theirs or a certain job or a title of a poem that they'd written and it was great you you could see people when they got it you know, and i was just throwing it in but when they got it you know you can see people's body language really stiffen up you know and i i wasn't trying to really scare people but just sort of more get them in the zone and so that was definitely mm -hmm. something that i enjoyed about that show great Cool. Well, um, I've, you know, before we go into your, your two bigger projects, if anyone had any thoughts or questions, please use the raise hand option and we will uh, take it for you here. So, um, you know, you've been involved in so many different interactive narratives. Um, what do you think the challenges are? How, what, what have you found that is the difficulty? I mean, I imagine that um, the fact that it's a, a branching narrative means that there's five or ten times more work than running a, writing a linear story. Um, have you found any other things that uh, help interactive narratives or difficulties that you could try to avoid? One of the things that I try and consider is just like with a product <laughs> is, you know, who are you aiming it for? Who, who's your target audience? And I say target in more of a sense of who's going to really enjoy the piece. So some of the pieces I've done were part of a, a group effort. So it was say you have a one hour event with six short pieces. So some of, some of my work in those points was actually created to balance um, the overall vibe of the show. So I was kind of working within what I thought might have been neat. Um, so that's that's one thing. Let's see. The other part is then thinking about how many people in your audience are really skilled with VR versus who is new to VR. And again, what what kind of structure will help people of both various um very skill levels, but also various interest levels uh, and engagement levels. And so it's something that works for a lot of people. I'm going to take a sip of water. My physical self is ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, makes sense. And so you've got two really uh, uh, elaborate projects that we're about to dive in here. One is called uh, Sandglass with Dimension Adventures here. And this looks like quite uh, quite the adventure. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about this project. Sure. So I got an opportunity to be part of a 
a three-month-long project called the Fifth Wall Forum, essentially bridging together both Broadway uh, folks and creators and also theater creators, you know, traditional theater creators and technologists to come together, work with some mentors and see what kind of new pieces could be created. So a hackathon for VR theater. There were also a lot of AR projects as well. And so we, just like a hackathon, we were put together in groups. Um, my group didn't end up going forward, but then I created this piece um, from some of the themes that we had been talking about. And so the Sandglass Travel, and you're seeing here some of the newer worlds that I created. And if you guys know Optic, the amazing template builder, this is one of his templates. So... Mm. The show at a high level is about two lovers who are, uh, you know, s split apart between time and space and metaverses. And in general, the audience will be asked to help get them back together. And that could be done through a variety of things. But to some extent, there would be some clues to find a little bit of an adventure vibe, a little bit of a, a, a Indiana Jones vibe, um, but through the metaverse and sort of crossing between worlds with sort of a historic European vibe to more um, digital environments like this one or like what you're seeing in the video behind you. Right. <laughs> and what that is, is I got inspired by a fun song, by this fun world and by this love story. And I was just kind of goofing around and creating a sort of a music video teaser trailer for the show. And that's actually going back to what our challenge is. So a lot of people don't have the ability to stay in a headset for a long period of time. Attention span is short. People have different physical abilities, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll notice a lot of the VR shows are not particularly long, the high level. They tend, to, they tend to top out around 45 minutes and some are even less. And so that's also something that I would consider when creating pieces. And what happened with sunglasses, everyone basically said, I made enough for four shows for like four chapters. Yeah. So for me, the hard part um, is sort of paring down and saying, you know, what, what could go with one flow and one set of audience members and one set of experiences and then what could go with something else. And with this particular one, as folks here know very well, there was a big update last year for unity and, and alt space and that did a lot of change. Same thing here. So I had to, think hard about what to kind of move forward with next and not. So I'm still in a little bit of that zone. Right. And so this is, is it, do you say this is ongoing? So you're, you're kind of constantly adding worlds and you're going to revisit it at some point. Absolutely. We're still doing um, workshops with the, the lead actors and still working on building spaces. That's really, really fun. And I filmed, um, we went and had a, an on-site film session for a trailer in February. Cool. You're done. Yeah, I guess. So I'm curious, you know, you came from theater and uh, you, you're involved in a lot of characters work in these pieces. Would you say that's your first passion, your true passion, or is it uh, is it that you love storytelling of any type? That is such a cool question. I think I just sort of fell into theater when I was young and it wasn't really a, a I don't know, I don't feel like, oh, I've got to be on stage. It was just kind of something that I did. And it's more of a sense of I was talking to you earlier, building community. I mean, one of, one of the ironic things about doing a headset work, it's not too uncomfortable for me because I was the mascot. <laughs> I 
<laughs> so you, you saw with my my dancing skills, okay? So you see why I was not on the dance team. <laughs> but but I enjoyed I enjoyed being the mascot and, and the thing with the mascot, and it's goofy, but you're there to kind of um, especially for kids. If you're on the sideline of the game and you kind of see how kids interact with you and it's really fun to, if they're into it, you know, engage with them. And that's something that I think pulls across into, you know, a lot of the other theater that I've done because mm-hmm. you're wearing something on your face. In fact, um, so I've choreographed synchronized swimming shows as well. <laughs> like to say wow. I've done like land, sea and sky so, so again, like how are people moving through an environment, whether it's water or I did aerial work, that's how you're doing on the trapeze. And so I did mask work on the trapeze. Mm. So again, it's kind of, it's like when you're upside down and you can't really see where you're going, you know, you really have to get that sense of, of physical space and physical presence and, you know, what's, what's my body doing? And it's really an amazing sense of, you know, we talk about flow state, like really paying attention to where everything is in that moment, if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of fascinating. So I, I enjoy that very much. Yeah, and I'm sure as the technology increases, your flow state will increase because you'll not have these weird things in your hands that you're controlling and you'll be able to have just a bodysuit <laughs> or something like that and be able to have much more fluid motion. I'm sure that's on its way. That'll be fun. I look forward to having full body tracking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think we got one more here, which is the your your big uh, grand finale, which I believe you've even uh, been nominated or won awards for. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about this one. Um, <laughs> yes, the Aquians. So I haven't gotten a chance to speak about Onboard XR yet, but uh, for those of you who m- may have heard of Brendan Bradley, he's an amazing actor, musician, composer. Um, he, he does it all. He's extremely talented and he led his, lent his time to the fifth wall forum. And then after that was done and I did sandglass, he asked me to see if I wanted to participate in onboard XR. And so what that is, um, is utilizing more so Mozilla hubs and browser-based platforms for people to create similar works, um, any kind of theater dance piece. And so that's the show that I was speaking to earlier where you had about a one hour show and you have six different segments of somewhere around 10 minutes each. So those are the constraints for Onboard XR. You would basically have two months to develop a show um, from scratch, you know, or people might come with an idea, but then create the worlds and build. And then we worked with this really great company called Active Replica. They're an online event company uh, focusing on WebXR. And so they provided some additional support for us with some engineering help and some 3D modeling help. So I was able to do stuff like, and I don't know if you can see in this video. Yes, look at the beautiful barnacles. Who wants to be a beautiful Mm -hmm. barnacle? (laughs) <laughs> and this, this I'll, I'll kind of go into a little bit more about what this is all about, but um, you'll see some other folks here too, wonderful group of people. And uh, I want to also mention Ari Tar and Dasha Kittredge. They were two of our hosts during the show. And when you've got a big group piece like this, it's not quite the same as just calling out another act onto the stage because in this uh, technical backend that they have, which is a, a special um, Hubs Cloud instance. So they've kind of built their additional framework of 
theater cues on top of it. And they can do some really cool stuff that you know, for those of us who are more familiar with alt space um, or even VR chat, you can actually do some really neat things in Mozilla hubs, despite the fact that we're, you know, keeping to a very small footprint for loading. Uh, and also on top of that, if let's say you have six performers, plus a few of the shows have a few people, every single prop that you bring into the space, you actually have to put it away before your next show comes out because the props will compile and make the world really heavy. Um, we had to do things like of say the eight performers, only two people could wear a headset in order to make sure that the world's ran properly. So there were things that as a, as a whole, you know, were amazing to make it work. And the, the benefit is you kind of get guaranteed audience. Um, a lot of people that were coming, they did a, a great survey and a lot of people were coming. It was not only their first theatrical experience in VR, but it was actually their first time in VR. Uh, for a lot of people, and I'm including people coming in on a browser. So it's really awesome, um, that particular model, to bring forth new stories with very inexpensively, and actually people get paid um, for their work. And so it's been a wonderful time. So the Aquians uh, on board does have a little bit of an aquatic theme. <laughs> so I went with that and came up with a, a story. So I was thinking a lot about these futuristic cities and who wants to go to Mars and how exciting. And it just seemed a little bit, it's awesome, <laughs> but also a little bit out of scope um, for a lot of people and not really sure what kind of problems they're going to be solving now. So I kind of riffed on that in a, in a slightly spooky way and said, okay, let's have a reality show. Um, everyone, not you guys, but everyone wants to be on a reality show, right? And who wants to get turned into a beautiful mermaid on a reality show and live on a reef? And doesn't that sound fun? So that's the lure. Uh, and it's, you know, eco-sustainable living on this reef. And what people don't really know is that the blue-green algae beverage we provide them on the sub <laughs> helps turn them into uh, different things like barnacles. Not really quite the beautiful mermaid, but barnacles are, you know, can reproduce um, uh, asexually. They're hermaphroditic beings. I mean, what what's, this is like the future that we need <laughs> and to live on the reef. And, and, and we've solved all of our transportation issues. No one needs to commute because you're barnacles. You're just right there. You have everything around you. <laughs> so this was sort of the, the lure and the trap of, of this show. And it was couched in sort of a, a presentation from an executive, you know, as though the audience were investors. So when the books came in, it was kind of like, oh, hello, welcome to the set of the show. If you want to mm -hmm. apply, you can be on the show. And I, I asked people for questions. And this is what was so funny. Um, a lot of it was unscripted. There were certain beats that I wanted to meet in order to get people to the next sort of set and the next show. But um, mm -hmm. in between that, I had a lot of latitude to play with whatever people would ask me. And so ideally that show would not, I, I ended up playing five characters. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the point of the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It was it was more like, um, you know, things were moving quickly, but ideally it'd be really great to have a bunch of people you know, re to redo the show and have a bunch of people playing the characters. Um, anyways, the last part of that was I had so much fun kind of integrating cross-platform and integrating people who had bought tickets or people who were watching the live stream um, with people who were literally 
participating in the show at the same time. So I would leave clues on social media for people to respond either on social media or inside the show. And that's what would change the narrative, both of was happening in that moment but also whatever say audience number two did change what would happen for audience number three and then audience number four and so each audience just like a waves on a reef and things kind of slightly changing and moving that's kind of how we progress through the entire cycle of all 12 shows and by the end we had this post battle <laughs> uh where everyone got turned into giant underwater venus flytrap plants and i mean that was a blast <laughs> so that was uh that was the end of the show and yeah it was part of fiverr's festival and it was nominated uh, with the group of on board for roll arts yeah cool so i'm just trying to understand the the way you're talking about the narrative so it, it is it that you had certain benchmarks that you knew that you needed to get to but then you allowed people to sort of flow there in their own way is because they would you would need to collapse the narrative back to your plot point i guess to get to the next world right but yet their pathways <laughs> were, were different to get to the next plot point is that what you're saying yeah it's not easy <laughs> right and, and on top of that well, i had one of one of the things i i wanted to make sure with this show is is again that, that people felt comfortable or that they knew that something was going to happen to them they were kind of participating and i mean turning people into barnacles is kind of weird i don't know so i, I wanted it's like changing someone's avatar for them and it doesn't really happen a lot you know at least it, it's kind of new these spaces and i think that's different it's very different than going into vr chat and trying on clothes as it were someone's doing it for you and then on top of that was able to stick people in place so i would say to them and kind of take them through a moment of being in that that zone with that creature but i would yeah i would adapt to how um body language of each audience was kind of showing me how many people were engaged so if i had several people that look like they'd be engaged enough to do a little activity i would kind of throw the group into that or i might have another mm -hmm activity if things were taking too long in one spot or someone kind of got lost i would call out to you know someone in the audience who might know a little bit more about vr or seemed a little bit more capable and say hey could you help out this other person and get them to this side and back uh, so yeah there are a lot of factors in it, it was it was really really fun um oh right sorry that was the last thing so i wanted to get people's consent and one thing they do in onboard is they have um life fest so when you show up to your theater show you're offered the option to put on a little piece of clothing it's either like say black or orange and so if it's black the actors will essentially pretend like you're not there uh if and if you put on an orange vest then they can kind of you know it, interact with you a little bit more it means you're sort of open to exploring so the irony was that on the show everyone chose black so i had to pretend that everyone was not there and not only that technically queue worked so that people were in the black vest and they wouldn't get changed into another avatar so it completely broke the whole show literally had i had eight people in front of me but i sort of had officially no audience <laughs> so i had to work mm. that in i consented myself out of an audience which i thought was hilarious and i had just you know but luckily we had our hosts um that i was able to bounce and patter off of and we got through it <laughs> so but it, it was fun and it was like it was sort of my point is and we're changing our form um, in these spaces and what is that like for people and 
get fun to like trying a bunch of filters or something on your phone, but um, then to really like sink into that and take a moment was part of what that show was about. It was a total blast. Yeah, it sounds great. And really, you do need a background in, in theater or improv to be able to flow with everyone's interactions as you're moving the story forward. So it, it's perfectly fitting uh, that you're you came from theater, I think. It, it lets you uh, act on your feet and be be in character and and move on your feet and, and sort of adjust to the changing tides, I guess, as you'd say. Thank great. you. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, if anyone had any thoughts or questions, uh, we're almost ed entering the end zone here. So we've got our last little segment. We'd love <laughs> to talk about the future, which is uh, where you think this is all headed. So I love your perspective because you've been involved in transmedia and spaces like that for, as you said, almost 30 years or a little over 30 years. So you have a really interesting perspective on the way things have trended, I think. So have you noticed the way things have trended that maybe you weren't expecting or uh, or things that happened exactly as you had expected them to happen? Hmm, let's like focus the question a little bit more. So um, in relation to theater or, or VR or... Guess well, in terms <laughs> of transmedia, yeah, transmedia and interactive storytelling, you've sort of been involved in all of these uh, pieces from back in the 90s. Um, ha has it gone in the way that you thought, or is it just that you're reacting in the moment to a new technology and trying it out and experimenting and just going with it and not thinking about mm. the trajectory of things? Oh, I love that question. It made me think about first, um, a, a strong memory I had of a Pepper's Ghost, um, a show that I saw that was actually part of the Expo 86 in Canada. And even though the effect was not virtual reality, but it was it was very moving and it was a cultural story of indigenous people in the area. And so it, it really struck me. And that that emotion around that was what I was left with and what I think no matter what the medium is that we're all kind of looking for. Right. It's something that's going to engage us and grab us and uh, no matter yeah, what the medium is. And so. In terms of trajectory, do you love to explore new things um, at the same time? As we all know, people in our lives who VR is not for them, and that's fine. You know, so I think what's what's hard or a challenge is to um, not really for us here in this space, but to temper what other people are told about VR in a way that says it's not it's not an either or. It's a maybe sometimes, <clears throat> maybe at this moment it's good. Maybe this other moment it doesn't make sense. You know, I think the more balanced we can be realistic um, with when people may want to experience these tools, and it'll hopefully help. So in terms of trajectory, I, I personally love that we've got all these options where <clears throat> we can create our own stories or we can play around with other people's IP. You know, it does happen um, in some of these spaces, but gosh, it's so fun. <laughs> you know, there's a certain world in here that's based off a popular food chain and it's a blast, you know, and you guys may have heard our chat Walmart group that just um, went, went viral. And, uh, and then of course we have, if I can wave out to, we'll keep a card here in the back. It's got an amazing, amazing group. She's cultivated over, I don't know how many years, at least three, probably. Um, she's saying no. <laughs> mm. All right. Is that a two? 
<laughs> Lower. Okay. Well, I'm giving you more credit. <laughs> so Wookiee has not only built an incredible amount of worlds uh, that are connected and, you know, playing within uh, the universe that we know as Star Trek, but um, expanded beyond with community events and engagement and whole crews of people and even more that I don't know about. Um, so I, I think that the opportunity for us is continue seeing those things and those ways of connecting with people that are based around whatever, you know, affinity group you have. Um, you know, so for one person it might be Star Trek for another person, it might be a, a more traditional church, you know, and, and there's room for all of it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have a Wookiee Picard and, and a Star Trek Bonanza on here and not too long. So watch out for that. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to check out for sure in a, in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess so we talked about a little bit with future. So now, you know, the future of what you're up to, which you're going to give us a sneak peek tonight. We're so excited. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what's in store for your future. And sure. Is it specifically the project we're about to see? Oh, specifically. Well, specifically. So we're going to go to two worlds. I'm going to take you first to one that is um, was a fangirl world I built around a different VR show um, called the Meta Movie Alien Rescue, and it's an amazing show that takes place in Neos VR. And I sort of built a fan world around it with the you know, knowledge of uh, Jason Moore, the the founder of the project. And so it's kind of a cross platform thing, which I mentioned I did for the Ferryman Collective as well. So to kind of say, hey, not everyone is comfortable with VR chat, but maybe they'll come learn about a show in Altspace and then eventually, you know, get over to VR chat or get over to Neos and see the show. But in the meantime, they can kind of come and speak to the actors and get be in a, in a world that has a vibe of that show. So that's what the, the Alien Rescue build is. And we may do an event there. The other one is a, a tower. It's literally a tower of portals. So... Uh, again, going back to the shift over from last year where a lot of different worlds were fortunately lost. So I had a whole bunch of stuff, as so many people did, about ready to open at that time. Lost a lot. Um, and so, you know, over time you kind of figure out, OK, well, what do I have left? or like what, what can I still visit or what can I still fix up? So basically this uh, I just went through and, you know, for the benefit of the community, you know, here's another a set of portals and worlds that I know do work. <laughs> and so we can start from there. And the concept was called it LARP O Mat. Um, so the original world, which I don't have open today um, with the template issue, but the original world literally was a, a LARPing kind of portal world and with a laundromat because they all go together, <laughs> laundry, pizza, world hopping, and it had an aesthetic vibe. So that's uh, that's going to be where this particular world is going. It's really simple. But other than that, I'm, like I mentioned, working on my sandglass travel base. I'm going to be part of another show that's through Ferryman Collective. And then there's another show that I created this year um, for a conference that I spoke at. And... Uh, Believe it or not, a conference about virtual reality didn't have internet, so we weren't able to do the show. <laughs> wow. So we'll make it happen another way. Um, but those are some of the things that I'm working on and, of course, just enjoying um, 
meeting folks and seeing what everyone else is up to. Oh, Captain Wookie Picard has something to add here. How's it going? Uh, they get you on speaker. Oh, what happened? Did she fall off? Oh, what happened? <laughs> she really fell. Let's try that again, <laughs> Wookie. If you uh, is she gone or is she dropped out, dropped off? Okay, well if Find she comes her. back, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, get her on and hear what she has to say. Um, otherwise, um, yes, we got to get over to the Larpobat Tower. <laughs> I want to see what this is all about. Uh, so. This is, uh, you know, this has been really great. Thank you so much. I, I love your passion. Just getting this show together, I get to know my guests a little bit and passion and your energy and your, um, your uh, detail and your, uh, you know, all of that stuff is, is really impressive. So I'm so glad we could have you here. Uh, you've been around uh, for uh, quite some time and you'll be around for quite uh, some time to come and you keep bringing Aww. the community together and you keep bringing uh, projects that everyone's excited about. So thank you so much. Thanks, Johnny, for having me. It's been so great. And thank you, everybody here. Cool. So thank you, everybody, for teleporting uh, in for this world of uh, Worldcast of Simulation Nation, whether you're with us in reality, listening to the podcast mm -hmm. on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube at The Simulation Nation. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at Simulation VR, and our Discord server. Join us on a special Saturday morning episode for a review of Free Guy. Till then, stay plugged, my friends.